0: Welcome to the Last Lap Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Last Lap Podcast.
0: Welcome everybody to the Last Lap Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Pearson, and alongside me, as always, is my faithful co-host, Sean Gray.
2: Hello, it's good to be back.
0: Woo Woo. Uh, 2017 baby. (laughs) Uh, Also alongside us tonight is the very wonderful, uh, I was going to say head writer of, but I'm I'm guessing only writer of potentially the Lights Out blog, one of the finest blogs on Formula One that you can subscribe to and follow on Twitter and Facebook and uh, all other good blogging outlets. It's Nicky Holdenby.
3: Hello, thank you very much. Uh, I don't think I've been described as very wonderful before.
0: Oh, Thank you. Well, there oh. you go. <laughs> and we have the new boy. <laughs> Beaming himself all the way from across that very big pond uh, that we call, wait a minute, it's the Atlantic? It is <laughs> the Atlantic. Yeah, right, good. <laughs> Beaming him way across the ocean that I nearly completely forgot the name of, we have Daniel Hall. Hello, how's everyone doing? Very good, Daniel, very good. Good to have you on the show. Um, This will be our our season preview show. Uh, So we'll be taking a look at kind of how testing's gone, what we think of the cars, what we think they look like, and kind of roughly guessing where we reckon they're going to end up somewhere along the lines uh, during this season. Um, Oh, I I almost forgot. uh, I've come up with a little poem, guys, that I was going to introduce the show with. And it's it goes something like this. <clears throat> things could be worse for McLaren Honda <laughs> because their lead driver could be Ricardo Zonta. Wow, I like it. Is that? that, that, that <laughs> I didn't say it was a very long poem. I was oh.
2: expecting another line or two.
0: <laughs> no, there's very few things that actually rhyme with Honda. So uh, I got as far as Zonta and gave up. Maybe you should have a limerick to introduce each show with. <laughs> I this did. Season. I was actually thinking that, that that that's probably this season's theme might well be because some it kind does, of... That does seem like the
2: natural successor to what does this track look like, which is a, <laughs> a classic feature, a classic feature.
0: I do miss that feature. <laughs> and it's definitely better than the last lap podcast, something, something, because something, <laughs> which was last season's theme and slightly more dull. Oh, dear. Right. Let us let us get into the podcast proper, shall we, guys, um, if you are all ready um, to do this. And I guess if we're talking testing, we should probably start with last year's champions, do you think, and how testing went for them and what the new car looks like. Uh, Sean, Mercedes, you scared of, of what they're bringing to the table or... You know, do you think maybe um, there's not much much more to come than they had last year?
2: I think they're a fair favourite for the World Championship. You'd be foolish not to. They've won three championships in a row, and despite all the rule changes, you, you know, that's not just going to disappear. They're not suddenly going to be Minardi overnight. I think they're the right favourite, a fair favourite, and they look quick. The car looks quick. The car looks nice, you know. When, I, when, it, when it first got unveiled we've got all these these shark fins and we've got the, you know, you're looking out for noticeable differences from last year, so you're looking at the wing at the back, it's clearly lower you're looking at, at the nose things like that, trying to spot, okay, so that's what's different, that's what's different, that's what they've changed and the first thing I thought was oh, that Mercedes just does look nice, it looks quick and I kind of thought, oh no, it's going to be brilliant isn't it? And then they got it on the track and yeah, it's quick, but reasons to be optimistic i think about the pace of ferrari the pace of red bull even the pace of williams so mercedes a fair favourite i think and the car is lovely but i'm i'm confident i mean i'm i'm feeling positive going into the new season that we're going to have slightly more of a challenge up front this year i think
0: daniel what do you reckon of mercedes champions do you think it's more of the same or a new champion will emerge
1: i really hope it's not more of the same i'm really tired of watching this. Sunday drive i mean it's a beautiful <laughs> car but they're no fun to watch i want to see some wheel to wheel and i don't get that with them they're way out front and then they spend half the half the race talking about all the midfielders
0: do you think the new driver lineup's gonna do anything to shake the uh the pecking order at mercedes
1: i think so yeah because botas is a great driver um uh however though after Sounding off of what Sean said, you know, with Ferrari, I think we're going to see them on the podium a lot more this year, uh, with with Mercedes.
0: Okay, that's a, I think that's a fair enough point. Nikki, do you see anything like the decline of Mercedes on the horizon?
3: Well, I don't, I'm not sure about decline. I think uh, if you're going to put money on it, I think you'd still put money on Mercedes. But I think uh, Ferrari and Red Bull are definitely a lot closer than they were. I think um, probably Mercedes biggest challenge this year will be readjusting to life after rosberg and after paddy Lowe as well um it's a good point Nicky, yeah yeah i think it could be uh some interesting times to see how they adjust to life after who, those two key who's
2: doing life. who's doing the paddy Lowe job then who have they replaced paddy with if anybody or have they just promoted in house or it's, what what
0: isn't it james, james, is it james yeah. allison
2: is it james allison james allison is doing it that's i mean that's a great yeah. appointment then so
0: it's it, Oh, yeah, quite the same or... it's not it isn't quite like for like because i think toto is trying to hang on to some some bits and pieces uh, alongside it but it's it, it's interesting isn't it really in a dynamic of a team that's been very in essence stable for a very long time it's more stable than almost any other team realistically in both front of house and back of house people realistically you know they've only really changed um michael Schumacher for lewis uh, and everybody else is pretty much the same. Um, yep, that's true. Yeah, and you know, Alison's a bit of a team hopper. If we, you know, he's he's been up and down the paddock, so he's obviously got experience about coming into a team. But I wonder if Mercedes is an inviting environment for somebody uh, who might be slightly more maverick than Paddy Lowe's, who always felt like a you know uh, a fairly steady and controlled hand. Whether Alison can you know, will complement the Mercedes mentality or potentially work against it.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I mean, even even if he does turn out to be a genius appointment, you know, he's still got to come into a brand new team and it'll take time to adjust. So you have to think that certainly for the first half of the season or so, he'll still be finding his feet, getting his, you know, getting his bearings in a brand new team, which could hopefully from a neutral perspective uh, when it comes to watching the the on track action could hopefully get give the other teams you know a chance to get at them before they before they can run away and hide that is of course if they've got the fastest package which well i don't know i think it's close that's all i'll say <laughs> i think it's close up the front with the ferraris that's for sure
0: okie dokie that's some some interesting points um uh... I think to to cogitate on, on 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 mercedes seasons ahead so let's um let's have a, a prediction of where we feel that the Mercedes will finish. I know we've always <laughs> we've all kind of said that we think that they're probably odds on, but you know if you quietly had to stick your colours to the mast, maybe a bit of heart over overhead, what are you gonna go for? Let's start with Nikki. who where do you think mercedes will finish
3: uh I think they'll finish first and uh, kind of want them to finish second. <laughs> so after the past three years, yeah, quite nice to have a change
2: at the top.
0: Sean, care to? Hmm, that's interesting.
2: Yeah, probably. You know, it's, it's a good point you make about heart overhead. So uh, I'll say yeah. second behind uh, behind the Scuderia Ferraris. <laughs>
0: Uh, Dan, any, any different predictions than first or second, or pretty much odds on for one or another?
1: Well, I'm going to go shake it up a little bit. I'm going to say that uh, it's a coin toss between Ferrari and Red Bull. I think Red Bull are a very strong car over this last year, and I think they've, they're really confident. And Max Verstappen, he is a, he's a budding star. There's no denying that. That guy can drive. So, so what you th- th- you
0: thinking third for Mercedes, potentially?
1: Yeah, or I think it's a coin toss for first between Red Bull and Ferrari.
0: Okay, interesting, interesting. Um, I, well, think, yeah. I think I think I'm I'm sadly I'm going to have to to play safe with Nicky and say <laughs> I, I can't see another constructor coming ahead of Mercedes, but. I don't know whether they will have a fourth driver's championship potentially that's a, this season.
2: You know, that's an interesting point you make there. If I was actually having a bet, that'd be quite a good little bet to have Mercedes to win the constructors, but not to win the drivers, but say someone like Sebastian or Max to win the drivers. That'd be an interesting, an interesting little bet because you would perhaps suggest that Mercedes with Bottas going in could potentially have the strongest team You know, for both of them to score points. No, I mean to be fair, I suppose Red Bull, Daniel Ricciardo, as well. So I say, Max, so that's not really true either. But just, poor uh, Kimmy. I just, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just remember I think it's happened a couple of times over the last uh, ten years or so, where a team has won the the constructors' championship, but uh, uh, different teams went on to claim the drivers' championship. We sometimes find it happens when a team has all their weight behind one driver for the title and the second driver picks up the odd point but isn't quite you know isn't quite there and i just wonder if maybe for example if ferrari put all their weight behind seb to win to win the championship and and everything was going to seb and, and he he was able to take the title would they then sacrifice the constructors championship for that and then that would be where mercedes scoot in and with their with their unit their whole their whole team and, and able to take the constructors so that, that, that could be an interesting dynamic that, that develops over the course of the season because you know if Ferrari do have a championship winning car they won't hesitate to put all their eggs behind one driver we've seen them do it mm-hmm. that's their modus operandi with Schumacher and when Fernando was in there so if, if the car looks quick Seb will be getting all the tools to try and to try and grab that title and, and they will sacrifice the constructors I would have thought
0: interesting very good point Well, I guess then, since we can't stop talking about them uh, in relation to the title picture, we should probably. uh, Oh, sorry, I didn't completely forgot forgot my own rules. Um, Marks out of ten for the look of the Mercedes, Um, Nikki. Wow, (laughs) Um, I was kind
3: of disappointed with the livery after the preview shots. I kind of thought the grey was going to be a bit darker and the neon turquoise. Would we say? Mm, Yeah, something like that. Kind of more neon. Uh, so <laughs> More neon. Just, I like that. <laughs> <discuss. More laughs> neon. Uh, so probably like six. It looks good, but it's just a bit Spanish,
0: isn't it? Mm, yeah, good points, good points. Daniel, what do you reckon out of ten for the looks of the Mercedes?
1: I'm going to give them a seven because it wasn't a drastic enough change to warrant a nine or a ten.
0: Okay, okay. Sean, what your, what's your uh,
2: thoughts? I think actually um, like the, the build of the car aerodynamically looks looks really good. I like it a lot, but the livery is is, is a bit boring. I agree with Nicky on that one. Uh, I, it's frustrating from a livery point of view. I want all the teams, and we'll get onto to Sunday later, but I love what <laughs> they've done. I love what they've done. I love it. Absolutely love it. But, um, yeah, the samey, samey livery stuff that we've seen out of some of the bigger teams is a bit meh for me. So they lose a point for that, but I think... Uh, the shape and the design of the car looks, looks really nice. So they'll, I'll give them a, I'll give them an eight.
0: Okay. I think I'm going to, uh, go with Daniel on this one. I think about a seven, I, I like the look of the car. Um, but it, it's, it's just so much more of the same, mostly, mostly gray Mercedes. And that, and that's my biggest problem with that livery is that they're supposed to be the silver arrows, but it's really like gunmetal gray. And I, I think it looks really, really dull. Um, and I've, like Nikki said, with the preview shots, seemed to suggest that that um, sort of neon pinstriping that was on it was going to feature a lot more heavily. And I was thinking, oh yeah, do you know I could I could go for a mostly sort of uh, sort of neon turquoise looking car with streaks of silver through it. That'd be kind of cool. And instead we got a yeah, most, <laughs> mostly mostly <gray>. grey. <laughs> that would
2: be far too cool for Formula One liveries in you know the last few years. Everything's been a bit too safe. So yeah. I I mean I agree delivery is a bit disappointment but I like the
0: the look of the car is the
2: nice. actual the shape the design of the car I just think as soon as I seen it I thought oh, it's going to be quick you know I just I just <laughs> feel it you know so okay. uh,
0: enough of grayness and repeated winning uh, let's talk about red and not winning for a very long time uh, yeah. <laughs> with this Scuderia Ferrari sorry Sean I couldn't resist that one
2: are um, uh, are we all in agreement that they are the the biggest danger to Mercedes, or does anybody think that that say Red Bull will be closer to Mercedes than Ferrari?
1: I think it's a coin toss. I do. It's hard to say.
0: Do you feel that's down to um, the Red Bull possibly having the better chassis, but Ferrari having the better engine?
1: I think so. I think it's all uh, half of it's the driver too. I mean, Ricardo and Max are both very very aggressive drivers. So I think they could really challenge Ferrari.
0: Yeah, as Sean said that that that, that Ferrari's modus already has always been push one driver and the second driver plays backup. Isn't always the most uh, fruitful policy for constructors points.
2: Uh, it's, it's it's you know it's it's do or die, isn't it? It's, it's all or nothing that way. You know if 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 they if they do, do, do go that way and then something happens to the the lead driver, then, you know, it's kind of hey ho. I mean, remember nineteen ninety nine when um Schumacher broke his leg. So poor they had Eddie Eddie Irving catapulted into a world championship fight that yeah, I don't think anybody ever seen coming. So uh, it's it is the Ferrari way. Um but I'm I'm confident that Seb uh Seb's the man. He's he's the absolute perfect man to be the Build the whole team around Guy. He's the, Schum- he is the Schumacher in that sense. That he wants it all about him, and they'll they'll give it to him. So I think it will be a fruitful relationship this season between driver and team. I'm I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty confident about that.
0: Nicky, what do you make of the Scuderia through testing with its impressive single lap times?
3: Yeah, I think it was interesting that they were sandbagging towards the
2: end. Yeah. <laughs> Sandbagging—that good buzzword that we hear
0: every every
2: winter—who's. Who's sandbagging? Sandbag. Here and someone's sandbagging there. I have to agree with Nicky on that one. I do think that I do think they were a little bit at it. <laughs> yeah. Seven in yeah, the last but, sector, uh, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. Do you feel that that uh, that Mercedes could have been doing the same kind of thing, uh, ensuring that they, um, you know, never went anywhere near the the top of the single lap lap charts after the first couple of days when they were confident of the pace in their car? Yeah,
3: I don't. I don't think Mercedes were ready. Too fussed about saying the fastest time, were they really? Um, they they did a full race distance on the second day of the testing. Mm. Didn't
0: they? Um. Well, this is this is what they did last year, wasn't it? That yeah. That Ferrari were top of all the timesheets and Mercedes completed, I don't know, about six six trips around the planet. I think by the time they'd finished <laughs> testing last year. Um. Yeah. And obviously during during the season we saw that the Mercedes had bags of pace. So, um. Yeah, that's kind of what I was. I wanted everybody's thoughts on really is to think that, you know, are, are the testing times something Ferrari to be, you know, really crowing about or do they take absolutely all of that um, that pace with a little pinch of salt?
3: I think they take it with a pinch of salt, but they were fastest on all four compounds, um, which is quite impressive, I guess, and quite consistent, so they have reason to be optimistic.
0: Do you agree with Nicky on that one? Do you think that the the testing times are indicative of the pace of the Ferrari, or um, do you think that they've overextended too early and we'll, we'll see them nowhere near the front of the grid when it actually comes down to it?
1: I think we'll see them at the front of the grid. I think that after the, their their pace in this past year and and where they where they ended up and all their their shortfalls, I think uh, I think they were mad and they were ready to get that get that turned around. I I, I think that. They're gonna be; they'll be on the podium a lot more than they were last year. That's
0: for sure. So, uh, oh Sean, you've already given your thoughts on that, one, haven't you? Sorry, apologies. What um, was the
2: What was the question? Sorry. Well, just um, just, just how Ferrari are going to do this season? Or yes, yeah, no. Nah, I mean, I'm confident. I mean, they might not beat Mercedes ultimately, um, mm-hmm. but I think uh, they're certainly in a better position than they have been probably since certainly since Fernando left. Probably since that season where Fernando just missed out. I can't remember, is it twelve? Twenty twelve, yeah. Twelve, yeah. Where is that the season he nearly got his head chopped off by, by Grosjean? Yeah, I think? That's the one. Um That's pr- I think we're probably looking at the best Ferrari package this season since then. Uh obviously I'm just going on testing and, and who knows, they might turn up the Mercedes might turn up the Wick and be... And be a lot clearer, but I'm 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 pretty confident we'll get some some good stuff up the front between between the two. Hopefully, I'd love to see Red Bull be able to to get in there as well. But I just got this feeling Mercedes and Ferrari might just be a, a, a fraction ahead of Red Bull to begin with. Um, but yeah, feeling good.
0: Okay, okay. So predictions for Ferrari this season, Nicky. Where do you think they'll finish?
3: Oh, uh, I want to say first. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I don't know. I, I find it really difficult to predict the top three at the moment. So one day I'll be thinking they're going to be like runners up. Next day I think third. Um, Heart says first. Uh, mine says third. I think. Ooh, third. <laughs> I, I just think Red Bull will bring the developments better than Ferrari. I don't know.
2: Yeah, no, nah, I can see an argument for it. I absolutely yeah. think that the Red Bull aero package will be strong. Uh, I don't. There's any doubt about that. I'm still not sure about the engine, the Renault engine.
0: Sean, where do you uh, where do you feel Ferrari are going to finish up? In reality,
2: uh, I'm going to say Sebastian Vettel is going to win the world championship. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> right. No, no predictions for the for the team. Just uh,
2: it doesn't matter about the team. Oh, are interested I in see. the winning the world championship Fair with Sebastian. Enough. So okay. all eggs will be in the Sebastian Vettel shaped <laughs> title title charge. Kimi will be sacrificed, like the good sport that he is. Um, now, uh, yeah, um, I mean, there's no point standing here and saying, "Oh, Lewis is going to win. Mercedes is going to win." They might, he might well do, but it might as well. Jump off the fence and say, "Let's uh, let's put let put our head on the chopping block and say I'm going to call it right? We'll go Sebastian Vettel to win the world championship.
0: Awesome, Daniel. I know we've we've kind of you've got one of two for the first or second place, but can I can I pressure you into saying which of those two places you think Ferrari are most likely to finish? <sighs> Be a devil.
1: Uh, I think that if if I honestly think that if Vettel can be a, stop being a grouchy old woman and get back to driving, (laughs) that he could probably take it. I'm not going to say he's going to be first, but I think he'll be, I think he'll be a strong second, probably.
0: Fair enough. Okay. I'm, I'm less buoyant about Ferrari's chances. I, I worry that we have a repeat of last season where they, they seem to start very well. And, Everyone around them, kind of, out to develop them or developed in in the right areas, whilst Ferrari seemed to be concentrating on the wrong things. So I'm actually going to predict that they will finish third.
2: Is that two thirds, <clears throat> and a second, and a first? And so, so we've got all, all bases covered as a, as a unit here. So who's we'll well, right. right. We'll, we'll, come, we'll meet. We'll meet back up in December. Absolutely and see right.
0: Yeah. Yep. Season, see se- right. season review podcast. We shall. I shall make a note of these and post them on the internet so that you can't <laughs> run away from them. <laughs> oh,
2: I'll be running away when uh, Ferrari have won 10 races
0: yeah. by Montreal. <laughs> uh, so finally, for the Ferrari, um, how do you feel the car looks this season? I, I think the Ferrari is an interesting one with the way that they've gone about the white on the livery and the interesting side pods, I wonder if they are a bit Marmite for people. So, uh Daniel, what, what would you rate the Ferrari looks-wise?
1: Well, that one's hard to beat. I'd say I'll give them a nine.
0: Ooh, high praise yeah. indeed.
1: Let, let me tell you why. It's because they made the best use of that dreadful shark fin <laughs> of all the teams.
0: It's true. I have to say I was... um I really liked the little white um, on top of the car last year. I thought that was a really lovely throwback to the sort of cars of the 70s. Um, and I saw a lot of people saying, oh, it's, it's not all red. It's not really a Ferrari. And I was just like, well, no, not really. It could be, could be yellow, realistically. Um so I was really pleased that they'd they'd like as you say they'd made what feels like the best use of the shark fin and used it to keep the white on there, but without really disrupting the rest of the all red body. So yeah, that's a that's a good spot. Um, Nikki, your your thoughts on the look of the Ferrari?
3: Yeah, I like it. I, do, I kind of prefer the Ferraris with less white on. I think um, I do like them side pods, so I think I go for an eight.
0: Ooh. Sean, Thanks. can you resist giving the Ferrari a 10?
2: I'm not going to give it a 10 at all, because <laughs> as much as I think it's going to be quick on the track, I don't particularly like the way it looks. Ah. Uh, I think it looks a bit clunky. It looks a bit leg-y. Um But I don't care if it's fast. Uh, but I think the Mercedes looks a lot smoother and a lot nicer to look at, personally. Having said that, I agree 100% with Nicky that less white on a Ferrari is better, in my opinion. So... Yeah, not overwhelmed. Actually, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, I'm not sure, actually. It did. That it made me think, oh, this isn't going to be that quick, is it? And then, um, obviously, we got on track, and it was like, okay, we've got something to work with here. So, aesthetically, I think it's uh, at least something to be desired, which is why it only gets a six from me. But um, From the resident
0: Ferrari fan and everything.
2: Ouch. But if it's quick. Who cares what it looks like?
0: <laughs> well, that's always fair enough, I think. Um, I'm Yeah, I'm a little bit torn. I, it reminded me a little bit of, um, I think, is it the 2009 car? If you can vaguely remember, which was a, a sort of wide, flat-looking thing, with every single possible um, vent, grille, um, protuberance going across the body. There was no bit of that car that look flat. And, and that kind of reminded me, of the, the back of the car is much smoother, obviously, but the front of it with the way that they, they've done that clever side pod thing, which may turn out to be the most genius move, you know, uh, in interpretation of the rule book ever, but it does make me think a little bit of, uh, you know, should have gone to Specsavers, Uh it looks like a pair of glasses on the side of the car, or like those big, you know, the big plastic comedy glasses that everybody used to wear in the um, in the 80s, <laughs> <laughs> uh, heaps on the side of the car. So I um, I'm going to be a little bit more generous than Sean actually, and say I'll I rate that one a seven um, because I like the little white on the shark fin. I think it makes it look a little bit different, a little bit more interesting than it could have been. Uh, but some of the bodywork is a bit meh.
2: <laughs> I agree with that. I agree with the Meh comment on the body work. <laughs>
0: Um. So, I, I guess we move on then to what probably feels a bit like the dark horse of our top three, Red Bull. Um, inconsistent in testing, pr- problems with the the Renault engine. Um, but consistent when out when they were out on track and the times that they were doing. Um. Daniel, what what do you make of the Red Bull package for the season coming?
1: I I'm a Red Bull fan. I mean I was a Ferrari super fan until I watched Max Verstappen win the Spanish Grand Prix last year, <laughs> which is probably the only race I've watched in my adult life that where I've almost felt like having a stroke.
2: <laughs> you didn't see me in Abu Dhabi. Abu <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: Um, I think it's a great package. Um, Ricardo's, you know, you got your your smiley Ricardo from down under, and you got, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm a Max Army guy, so you know, I'm 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 gonna be biased. It's hard not to be. It, that, he is a talented young kid.
0: Do you think he's he's got the ability to be what? Sean and I last season, if, if you listen to, to some of the podcast episodes, um, we started off being a little bit sceptical of him, but then he put in the performances that kind of changed our mind about his talent side of stuff. But we felt, I think, um, and you can disagree with me if you want, Sean, if, I, if, I, if I'm misquoting you here, but we kind of felt that his biggest problem was that he wasn't consistent enough race to race. Like, he'd have a Spanish Grand Prix and be sensational, or a Brazilian Grand Prix in the wet that made you go, Jesus, who is this kid? But then there'd be other ones where you just sort of just go, oh, he's sort of driven along and done nothing the whole race. I haven't really seen him do anything. Do you think if he can bring that consistency to his game, he'll blow everybody out the water? Or does he even need to bring anything to his game?
1: Well, I think you got a good point there. He needs to be consistent. But I think that the 2016 season, he was working the kinks out. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be the season that he really just puts his head down and focuses and drives uh because i think if if i'm reading the news correctly they're relaxing the rules to the point where he can drive like he wants to almost right
0: It does seem to be doesn't it that they they, they want to relax some of the uh um, the the amount of penalties that were being sort of handed out to people and try and allow for a little more aggressive racing on track which as you say would would seem to suit Max. More than boost about anybody on there. Max and Alonso both like yeah. to get their elbows out last season, so. Um...
1: I think I will. I will be optimistic, but I'll also be realistic in the sense that Max Verstappen will be a repeat on the podium this year.
0: Okay. Sean, what are you making of Red Bull from testing? And to be honest,
2: I spent half of the winter before testing telling everybody to bet Max Verstappen for the World Championship this year because I was convinced. That they were going to turn up with an extremely quick package and it might well still be quick but i've been a little bit underwhelmed um by the testing and i know it's testing and i might you know end up being proven wrong in in uh in melbourne but i've completely switched what i was thinking um so i went into the winter here adamant that no matter what happens i was going to be Tipping up and predicting anything other than a a Mercedes win this year, I thought the new regulation changes time is right for someone else to to take top honours. So I thought, well, the natural obvious choice would be Red Bull. Aerodynamics are coming back into a more focal point. They're going to have a sweet car. That's what Red Bull do. They're a good aero team. So for weeks I was saying, watch the Red Bull at testing. I bet this is quick. I bet this is quick. I was I was said at the end of last season, I'm going to bet Max Verstappen this season. And in the space of two tests, I've completely flip flopped, and I think Ferrari have the better package, and I fancy Sebastian for the for the championship as opposed to Max. So, a little bit underwhelmed on on Red Bull. So I'm hoping I I want to see them quick because I really wanted to just see a fight at the top of the grid more than anything. So I really hope that they can, they can bring it to to Melbourne and be not only quick but reliable because that could be that could be the key one because the Mercedes and the Ferrari look slightly more reliable than the Red Bull. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know, a little bit underwhelmed. I was hoping for a bit more from them from the tests. Maybe we'll see more in Australia. But right now, I'd have them pegged as, as third best. And I'd be quite happy to, you know, nail my colours and say, I think Red Bull are, are the third best team on the grid at the moment. Which is a shame because I really wanted to get mega behind Max for the World Championship this year. I really wanted to. But I just, I've got a feeling the car might just not be good enough for him. We'll see.
0: Nikki. Um, what do you think is going to be the Achilles heel for Rebel if they, um, if they don't turn up with, with the goods?
3: Mm, they say that the engine and the uh, chassis are on an equal level, so one isn't outperforming the other. But I don't know. I still think that Renault engine is a little bit behind the chassis. I don't know if anyone else agrees with that.
0: Uh, that's my general assessment of Red Bull in testing in that I think Renault have um, very similar to Honda I think bolted a lot of new things onto that engine Um, it seems judging by what's happened at Renault to have put some pace in the engine that was completely missing last season Um, but it does seem to have come somewhat at the uh, price of some reliability now It's about how quickly Renault work out those kinks, you know, if they're beset with niggling issues that, you know, um, can't be fixed in one iteration. That's that's the important thing about an engine issue in Formula One. It's not that engines don't get them. It's that if you get them, you solve them in one go and the next engine you put in, there's you know, it doesn't reoccur and nothing else comes to take its place. And... You know, Renault last season didn't seem to kind of get on top of that. They've had an off-season to build a new engine, essentially, or, or or add on from the existing engine the things that they wanted to put on. And that ultimately looks like it could be the fragile part in the Red Bull. Because you you know it's going to be um, a quick car in the corners. You know, the extra mechanical grip from the tyres, if nothing else. Um, but they know how to make the air go over that car. They, they've got the funky... Um, anteater nose on the front of it that nobody else has thought of you know the um, open tip to um, channel air underneath the nose so that's I love that idea who'd have thought of putting an entirely fake nose on an already little bulbous tip of a nose like that's that's the bit that you think about Adrian Newey of just going yeah nobody else thought of that nobody else was sat there thinking you know if I bought something else onto the regulated nose I could get better airflow but Red Bull did it. And that's, that's their trump card, I think, in that if Renault can get it reasonably right, then I think the chassis is there for them to compete this season. So I'm, I'm very optimistic that um, it will be a three-way dance this season uh, rather than Mercedes dancing on top and then Ferrari and Red Bull taking turns to be best of the rest.
3: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think at the moment I'd go for Red Bull third, but depends on the development. Might end up ahead by the end of the season. Or ahead of Ferrari, at least.
0: So, final placings. Uh, Well, I'll go straight back to Nicky on that one. Where do you think Red Bull will finish? Third, I think. Daniel, what are your thoughts? Um... This has been a tough one, guys. <laughs> <laughs> they'll get easier from now on, I promise.
1: It, it, the, the the peer pressure. <laughs> we we Uh-oh.
0: like to we like to try and push people off the fence if if at all possible. Yeah,
1: uh, I think no less than third.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Sean?
2: Uh, I think they will come third.
0: Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I'm. I tell you what let's um let's be brave on this I'm going to say that they will finish second in the constructors because I've already said that I think Ferrari will finish third and I think the Mercedes will probably finish first so realistically that leaves the old second spot open to Red Bull and I'm I'm basing that more on on how last season went that last season Red Bull developed themselves out from a little hole at the start of the season where Ferrari looked much better than them uh, and by the end of the season it, it had definitely sort of switch right around um and you got the finish uh in the tables and stuff and you know ricardo finishing best of the rest that i think kind of goes on to prove that um so livery wise um should i start with myself this time why not uh, i'm the host i can do what the hell i like uh, <laughs> um red bull uh I actually think this is a bit of a something and nothing one. It's probably out of all of them the one that was most disappointingly like last season, um, livery wise. And uh, I didn't, I can't see where that car is massively different than the other cars on the grid. Um, so I'm going to give the Red Bull a five. Sean. What do you um,
2: didn't, it's not really done much different from last year, has it, in terms of delivery. So, yeah, it's hard to give them a good score when they haven't really done anything. So I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go five.
0: Daniel, is it a case uh, that if, if Max Verstappen's in the car, it's 10 out of 10? or? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't... I... I truly don't think they have the prettiest car on the on the on the track. Um I'm gonna go with the six because no changes, nothing major and after looking at other cars on the grid, definitely a lot more other teams that have nicer cars, honestly.
0: Okay. Well it's funny, isn't it? It's all, all the fans of the teams are all, all go being really negative on their own team's liveries. It's brilliant. I love it. Um, Nicky, what, what, what are your thoughts on uh, the? I Red think Ball?
3: I'll go, I think I'll go um, six, uh, but you never know. Might turn up with some interesting additions by Melbourne.
0: Well, we've obviously seen that a lot can happen livery-wise between testing and live with one of our uh, teams that we'll come to in a second. But well, I there's, a like, gu- um...
2: there's a couple of teams that need that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes, this is entirely possible as well. Um, I do like
3: the race suits this year, though. I think they've got more red on, haven't
0: they? Uh, have, they have. Do you know what? I haven't really yeah. seen them. The, the yeah, only they... race suit that I really remember is the uh, Renault um, that I saw for all it... the wrong reasons. Yes, for all the wrong reasons. Um, but we'll get to that one as well, I think. Um, so who who should we go to next? I guess we should probably look at the who were the sort of leaders of the midfield really last. Well, I suppose that's a bit even now that's a bit hard to say. I was going to say Williams. We should look at next, but Force India rather um, stole a lot of limelight away from them near the end of the season. But we'll go with Williams anyway. Um, the freshly retired. Uh, I was going to say Valtteri Bottas but that's not what I meant the freshly retired Felipe Massa brought back into the team to partner Lance um, what made you decide to pick the billionaire the son of a billionaire for your second driver Stroll Uh, as the second driver um, looking alright in testing has to be said but can Williams really outperform last th- this you know from the decline that seems to have gone on since their their peak at the start of the hybrid era uh daniel let's 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 speak to our american listener about one of the quintessentially british teams (laughs) um well i see a lot of negative energy around stroll
1: but the thing is is what people don't seem to understand is this is a very difficult car to drive even i mean a lot of the experienced drivers are even saying this, type, this requires a completely different driving style to operate this car. Even Botos said that. that This is, this is going to require a complete change in your driving style to be able to perform well in this car. So I think that the fact that it took Stroll 99 laps to crash pretty impressive in testing
0: that's fair enough. What what do you, what do you make of the car itself? Do you do you think the the car is better than last seasons or do you think it's going to be more of the same?
1: I think it's going to be more of the same really. It's hard, it's hard to uh, when when we have Ferrari improving like they did, we have Mercedes staying up there like they have been, and then we have Red Bull also doing quite well. It's really hard to say that that Williams are going to um that they're going to really outperform like their years
0: prior um last year rather Mm -hmm. sean we've we've often talked on the show saying (laughs) william's biggest problem seems to be that they can't develop the car from that initial point do you think this season is just an uh and do you think it's an evolution a revolution or possibly a de-escalation (laughs)
2: <laughs> Quite like that last term, actually. Yeah, uh, they look pretty decent. There's some quick lap times in there in testing. Um, yeah, I think they'll. I think they'll be fourth. Uh, I think they'll be behind those front three that we've already discussed. But I reckon they'll be, they'll be, they'll be, they'll be pretty, uh, pretty nailed on for being best of the rest this year. I think. Um, as for for young Lance going in the car, I think um, Daniel makes a good point that you know. These cars are extremely difficult to drive, even for the professionals. So you got to give him a little bit. Of time for... <laughs> are, are you suggesting the lad Stroll isn't a professional? <laughs> <laughs> well, nah. Nah. well, I mean, well, obviously, by professional, I mean experienced driver, but uh, non, non-rookie. non rookie, non, non rookie. I think. Is what I mean, but no. My point is, you gotta give him some sort of time to settle in and 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 get to grips with what what he's got there. So judge him after a, you know, ten races, a season, whatever. Not after two preseason tests.
0: Feddies, days.
2: days, Um, it's it's got to be the diplomatic, you know, fair thing to do. So we'll, we will do that, and no doubt we will absolutely judge him down the season <laughs> as the season goes on. We won't waste a minute to do that once the time is right. But yeah, I mean, I think it's, just, it's, it's a standard Williams, isn't it, really? It's, they're, they're going to be there, thereabouts. They might hit a few podiums. They'll hit plenty of points, but they're probably not going to win a race. And they're just going to be there. So is that fine for a team like Williams with their heritage and history? At the moment, it seems that that's all they can really hope for in terms of resources and things. So it's a tricky one for them. So de de escalation might be the best <laughs> the best term that you use there. So I'm not sure,
0: Nicky, You you kind of mentioned it earlier in terms of Mercedes. Paddy Lowe has joined the team. Do you think just the influence of having a uh you know a proven winner in the team can can help motivate them and and, and push them beyond? um fourth place or do you think the, the low effect um is not going to be noticeable this season we'll have to wait and see whether he can do anything with it in seasons to come
3: yeah it'll be interesting to see how quickly his influence is felt i think it would definitely be some motivation um whether or not it'll have an immediate impact i'm not too sure um i kind of don't like the shark fin on that car especially that car I don't it's know why.
0: very square isn't it on the yeah, it- looks a bit oh, like it's a just terrible <laughs> <laughs> it does it reminded me of like when you pop out uh, an like an airfix model from the blister and sometimes yeah. there's the little yeah. bits of plastic that still stay attached <laughs> yeah, um, yeah it does seem an, an appendage shall we <laughs> say rather than you know some beautiful aerodynamic device um
3: as well at williams i'm intrigued to see uh the qualifying battle between felipe and lance uh, mm. considering that felipe got out qualified I think 19 times last year yes um, it wasn't
0: much of a battle unfortunately yeah
3: so if Lance can't beat him then maybe he's not up to the job I don't know
0: well let's do let's do a quick um sort of uh count of where we think they're going to finish up I, I have a feeling that this one might be the one that we might possibly all be fairly uniform on uh, <laughs> on where it's going to be so let's start with uh, Sean where do you think Williams are going to finish Yeah, fourth. Daniel, where do you think Williams are going to finish? I'm going to go
1: ahead and say fifth or
0: sixth. Oh! Proves me wrong straight away, damn it. I just assumed everybody was going to go, yeah, probably fourth. Uh, (laughs) Nicky, where do you think they're going to finish?
3: Probably fourth. (laughs) Uh, Probably fourth at the moment. Uh, They they were quite strong in uh, winter testing. They did the whole thing on one engine, which isn't too bad. Um, But maybe um, over the season... Uh, the upgrades won't be there, and they might slip back. So fourth or fifth, I'd say, but most likely fourth.
0: Okay. Look. Uh, I am going to say uh, probably fourth. Uh, I, I just think that the, that team should have enough about it to stay ahead of the competition. Um, but like 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 Nikki says, I think um, if, if some of the other ones can come up with you know something special uh in, in the vein of force india last the end of last season then you know it might not be as secure as as possibly they might hope it would be actually that's a uh well we talked about red bull's livery not changing particularly uh, <laughs> williams livery <laughs> hasn't really changed at all <laughs> um <laughs> what are we making of the appearance of this one guys um nicky what do you reckon of what the Williams looks like? Yeah, it's a bit
3: boring, isn't it? After four years, it's it's a nice livery, but I just kind of wish they would do something a little bit different with it. But I don't, I don't see what I don't know. What can you do with it that isn't like the iconic Martini stripe?
0: Uh, I've always thought you could just make it bigger, like a, yeah, like yeah. There's it, that car is a mass of white with a little stripe through it, and I kind of think, you know, all right, we'll keep the top bit white and then have the big stripe all the way down the side pods and the you know the the back of the car make something big out of it so that it's got yeah. funky colors that you can see um they did you know they did that that dark blue and white car sort of around the time of <laughs> pasta maldonado um and i quite like the look of that and i kind of thought you know if you did something like that with the dark blue of the martini stripe with the you know the the pin striping of the 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 pink and white and stuff i think it could look really quite interesting rather than being mostly white um daniel do you do you have a different opinion on the the look of the williams
1: i think as long as martini is their title sponsor that they're gonna the car's gonna look like that
0: <laughs> it's probably true um i don't think
1: it's gonna change i'm i it, it, it like it's more of this it's more of the same in terms of, of delivery i just I don't really have
0: any, it's not ooing and aweing to me like the, the other cars. That's fair enough. Uh, Sean, yeah, more, more a, of the same from your... Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah I gave Red Bull a five for the livery for the lack of the creativity so Williams can receive the same remark.
0: Yeah, I think that's... I
1: can't even make fun of them.
0: No. The car is so boring. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it, isn't it? There's literally nothing to really talk about. You go, yeah, the martini but looks nice. The rest of it's white. All right, move <laughs> on. <clears throat> So let's move on to uh perhaps last season's biggest surprise package would, would might be a fair comment um Force India who um has surprised the world uh today by announcing that uh they will drive in pink next season um The silence says it all I think really that <laughs> I can't stunned my head stunned um but before we, before we get into the livery, which I promise you, we'll, we'll, I'll let you all have your, your say on that. Um, as a team, what do you think Force India can look forward to next season? Um, Nicky?
3: Wow, you'd hope more of the same, really. Um, and I, I kind of think they can. They can be as good as they were last year. Um, it just depends on the development again. With so much of the midfield development's gonna be key throughout the season, um. But yeah, they've got Esteban coming in, who is a promising young talent, I think. Um. So it'll be interesting to see how he compares to, uh, Sergio, who is pretty strong in the races, and yeah, I'd like to see him on the podium more. Um.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all right, all right. What are you saying, uh, Daniel? We've we've talked about strong driver lineups. Um, obviously, Sergio Perez is a bit of a veteran these days, in comparison with how long people usually seem to last in Formula One these days. Um, Esteban Ocon has had half a season in a manner. Um, is that for Cindy's biggest problem next season?
1: Uh, no, not necessarily. Um, I thought he had a good, strong showing at the end of the season there, but I, I, I don't. I think that he'll be able to keep them held steady. I don't think they're going to go falling to the back or anything.
0: Sean, what do you think of Force India? Are they, uh, are they primed to leapfrog Williams to be
2: mm, fourth best, or? I don't think so this year. I've got a wee feeling that they're not going to be as good this year as they were last year. Not much to go on other than the the times and testing and stuff. I've got a little hunch that maybe last year as good as they were, and they were very good last year. And we praised them quite a lot because they do develop. They did continue that development all through last season, despite not having the budget that pretty much every other team around them in the battle did have. But I uh, just I worry about them slightly this year. They won't be down beside sort of Sauber and stuff down the back, but I think. They'll struggle to finish the season ahead of the Williams this year. Uh, and, uh, not sure why I think that. Just a bit of a gut instinct, having seen a little bit of the testing, a wee, a, wee, a wee hunch for them that that they maybe won't be quite as as strong. I think losing Hulkenberg's definitely a low a, a low point. You know, you've got Esteban coming in. He might well be a talented young driver, and he might well do quite well. But Hulkenberg is, you know, he's 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 proper. He's good. He's he's someone who you, we've looked at for potentially moving up towards the big you know, the big big guns. So no matter what way you dress it up, losing him as a blow. I think if they can finish fifth this year, that'll be a very good season for them.
0: Okay. Uh so it's difficult to, to, to disagree with any of those points. I think they're there's complete you know, they're they're all very logical and stuff. Um I I kind of hope that Force India push Williams again this season. Um I wouldn't be upset if, you know, it was Force India 4th and Williams 5th when everything shut down. I'd be happy that Force India, who kind of represent the longest running new team in Formula 1, um showed, uh, you know, continued improvement in the in the car and there is reward for sticking at it for so long. Um after some very, very trying times and continued trying times financial-wise and with um, Vijay Malia potentially being a free man. Uh, <laughs> always seems to be the latest uh, headline about something else that he's been indicted for or um, told about money that he owes somebody in some far-off place. Um, finishing position. So uh, are we all saying kind of fifth, do we think?
2: Yeah, I think there will be a yeah a, a comprehensive fifth behind Williams. I think Williams will 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 maybe have a small battle on their hands to finish ahead of them, but will ultimately be quite comfortable.
0: Daniel, do you think fifth? I think fifth about right. Yeah. yeah, I think that, that again, it's probably a fairly fairly easy one to try and try and think back in you know in terms of previous previous stuff. It's very difficult to see past it now. <laughs> the fun part of talking about force india um quite possibly launched with the most boring livery uh out of all the cars um <laughs> pictures circulating tonight of a bubblegum pink force mm-hmm. india
2: i love this i love it i love it i love it how long have i been campaigning for color Yep. um I want to see bright greens, I want to see bright yellows, well done Renault for doing that. McLaren, I've got the orange, I just hate the black, I wish it was white. And herefore, sitting there, and I was panning them, I was absolutely livid that they'd turned up to test them with this chrome-looking, like, what is this? It looks
1: like a Jamaican bobsled. (laughs) <laughs> it really does. <laughs> it
0: really did.
2: So I was. I so honestly, that test, the test, the test. livery really they brought. I was like, "What is that rubbish?" Like I was properly panning them to anybody who would listen. And then they've turned up tonight with this pink car, and I was just said, like, "That is yep, love it. Don't need to say any more than that. Well done." <laughs> <laughs> color. Daniel? We want to see color,
0: man. <laughs> uh, Daniel, are you a um a fan of the pink?
1: Uh, I think that I think it's a, I think it's a secret plan to have such a distractingly horrible paint car <laughs> that all the drivers up front see this awful thing and then crash. <laughs> 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 they can't focus on their driving, so they do, they're gonna do what they do well. But that's just, that's just a little fantasy prediction. But <laughs> I think I think this, it's a they have ulterior motives with that paint color.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough, Nikki. uh, What do you uh, what do you make of the? uh, I don't know. It it is bubblegum pink, isn't it? There's there's no other way around it.
3: I I like it. It's it's nice to have something different. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued to see how it translates on TV. I think that'll be because it could look. That's
0: that's a very good point because there were the. Um, some of the cars definitely look a much nicer in motion on camera than they did in some of their studio shots um, The McLaren definitely was one that I wasn't sure about but seeing it on track <laughs> when it was moving um, I thought it looked a lot it looks a lot nicer in motion so it'd be interesting to see if something that looks nice under the studio lights in pink might be a, a sort of blob. <laughs> when it when it's traveling at 200 miles an hour down a straight or a or 150 miles an hour around a corner.
3: Yeah, in in the studio shot, it does kind of look. You can see it looking a little bit more subtle than what it actually looks in the studio so, shot because there is some white there still. So I wonder if it'll look more white on TV than pink. Uh, okay.
0: Um, yeah. rate rate the pink out of ten, then Sean. <laughs>
2: <laughs> 10 for just yes.
0: audacity for sheer <laughs> innovation and audacity <laughs> Daniel, marks out a 10? I can't
1: give this car a 10 <laughs> <laughs> uh, you... I'll give it an 8 I'll give them an 8, I'll give them a fair 8 because they stuck it to us all and said fine pink.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, you hate our current colour we'll paint it pink then, that'll show you fair enough, like it, uh, Nikki.
3: yeah, i think 9 or 10 I think I
0: think it's a nice car. Yeah. I I'm going to give it a 9 as well because I'm I uh, it's just not something that you see in Formula 1 and you know we we're, we're all sick and tired of seeing chrome and black cars and well this is not a chrome and black car. <laughs> <laughs> um so now we get into the sort of trickier about who we should talk about next and uh since this is my podcast uh, I get to choose who we talk about next uh, and maybe I don't want to open this up to everybody else, but we're going to talk about McLaren. Uh, going to be champions, aren't they? Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Uh, clearly. Um, there's not very much to say about testing. It was not very good. Um, the one thing that you can at least say is it's still faster than a Sabre with last year's engine in it. (laughs) Um, and it's probably only just a little less reliable than a Renault. Uh, That, however, is not, I suspect, what McLaren were hoping for when they turned up at the start of the season, having all the engine tokens uh, unfrozen and Honda having uh, the ability to do pretty much what they wanted with the engine. Um, Daniel, McLaren, can you see an end to the torment or is it just going to be another season of woe? Uh,
1: You know... I don't have high hopes for them. I'm really scared for this team. Um, I think this will be the team, the year, that I actually stop badmouthing Sauber because of McLaren's performance and testing.
0: You think that's going to translate into the season then?
1: Yes, I really do. I think it's going to be an embarrassment, and I'm truly scared for that team. They're so, such legendary team that are falling so far behind.
0: Sean, is is there a light at the end of the tunnel or is it an oncoming train? Oh, um, I
2: certainly lean more towards agreeing with Daniel on this one a little bit. It's, it's really, really hard to see what happens from here. You know, this was the year it was supposed to click and, you know, it just doesn't look like it is. And it, it if it's reliability at the end of the day. We don't know how fast the car is because it can't go for more than... 10 laps at a time so they could they could spend 300 million pounds designing an extremely quick car which they may well have done but they, if they can't keep it on the road for more than 5 minutes at a time how the earth can we possibly know what it can do so they have to be looking at Honda and they have to start answering some serious questions you know they, they've had their time to get themselves back into the sport and they still aren't getting it right, you know. They've had about the same amount of time as, uh, you know, the other. They've, what is it? Three? Is this the third season for Honda now? So it's three yeah.
0: seasons. Where yeah. twenty thirteen was the um the last was the introduction of the hybrids. Yeah. Um, so. and you would say that Renault and Mercedes, uh, were working on the hybrids before that. So. Uh, I was trying to work it out the other day. They're probably two years behind um, Ferrari, development-wise, and much more like three or four years behind... Well, probably three years behind Renault, which is ironic given that Renault aren't aren't doing particularly well, but that's just the way that it works. Um, But they're at least five years behind Mercedes in development still, Um, and that's just from where people started working on the engines and... um, their knowledge with and 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 it's worth remembering obviously that Honda started from a blank template they didn't have anything to work from you know to to begin their their work on that engine whereas obviously Mercedes were running a formula 1 engine before that even if it was a V10 compared to a V6 but you know the true, the, true. The, the bucket of the the back of a car was known to them and it wasn't to to Honda before they got going um Nicky is there any positives to Take out of uh, anything.
3: Uh, <laughs> Liver is nice. <laughs> Do
0: you think so? Uh, I'm not I, even sure.
1: <laughs> I like it. I
3: like it. Um, but yeah, the the worrying thing for Honda is when have engine issues, but it's an ELS problem, and they know about the problem and they think they'll have it fixed for Melbourne. Uh, Honda <laughs> have issues, but they don't really know what they have. It just it's just a. Washing machine in the back of the car falling to pieces. Yeah, that
0: was that was the two things, wasn't it? the The first issue was the the oil tank was an odd shape, uh, and then wasn't recycling the oil properly, which seems yeah. to have been fixed at least. Because um, yeah. uh, and that's a big fundamental issue, <laughs> realistically. It's such a it's such a stupid issue as well, isn't it? Is that we we didn't shape the oil tank properly. It's just like, really, did you not, you know, did you not run this in simulations without, you know, being on track? Surely somebody must have looked at this uh but the vibration thing unsettling bits in the car is you just kind of like where's the gaffer tape where's the super glue and blue tack and stuff surely you know we we'll talk about how how tightly packaged the back of that Honda is supposed to be how is there any room for anything to shake itself loose at high speed that doesn't make any sense to me um uh, and i think you're right that those those feel like really fundamental issues that should have been worked out by now and 3 years is definitely, I think, enough to start asking the questions. I think the last two seasons where some of, you know, some of Fernando's outbursts have felt maybe a little bit like, you know, it's a bit early to be quite this derogatory. But I think, I think now his comment saying the team is ready, the only people that aren't that are Honda, now stops feeling like an overreaction and a bit like, well, yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. Car doesn't look bad going around the track. Do you know what I mean? On the, on the, on the 121 laps that they were doing, it doesn't look unsettled in the corners. It doesn't look like it's, um, you know, uh, a tricky car to handle like it... It looks drivable. You know, like it like it was. It's literally just deployment. They are incredibly slow. They cannot turn the wick up on that car because as soon as it starts going at full pelt, it shakes itself to bits. Um
3: what did Fernando say? He'll be taking every corner flat because he's 30 kilometres sl- down
0: on. on everybody else. Yes, everybody's, <laughs> every corner is flat out when you're 30 kilometres slower than everybody else. Um, and that pretty much says it all, really, doesn't it? You know, we're, we're still at the same crux of the issue that Honda can't turn that engine up to 10 or 11 like the, all the other teams can. Um, which, at what
2: point do we give up on Honda? It's difficult to it? know, as, isn't as, it? As a, as a what, McLaren team. But where do you go? Well, that's it. That's why I'm kind of go back to what Daniel was saying earlier about being worried for the future of the team, is that they seem to be stuck here whether they've either got the Honda engine, which is, you know, self-explanatory, what we've just discussed, or nothing really. So they're, they're between, they'll rock in a hard place and that there's no point in leaving Honda because there's nothing to go to sort of thing. So... You could, leave, you could end up leaving Honda and taking a chance on a completely brand new supplier that may turn into the sport, and that could be even worse, you know?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's, uh...
2: So it's, it's, not, it's not like they can just go, oh, we'll just grab a Mercedes engine and, and we'll be fine, because you know, not, it's not going to be as easy as that. So I've got no idea what they do, to be honest, which is, which is why I go back to them saying, oh, well, you no, know, it's a bit you know, genuine concern for where they go from here.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, the, there's not much to add to that really, you know, as, as the resident McLaren fan, um, I said on Twitter that the team needed to hit a 120 at some point in testing to give anybody any hope that they would be competitive at the start of the season. Uh, and they, like I said, the closest they got was a 121.3. Uh, and that pretty much says it all, you know, that Other teams, whatever testing phases they were going through, were able to wring more out of their cars than McLaren were. Uh, So we're back to uh, the same situation that we started last season, really. It's not as bad as the first season by by a long shot. Um, But we're back to the same issue for McLaren that they're going to be working all season on just getting the engine up to speed. Um, And if they manage to do it, then they'll still be then say half a season behind all the other teams who have turned their engine up and then can work on them to you know generate the you know extra power find find all the bits that you can innovate on whereas you know honda are stuck behind still just trying to get the engine to be like yes we can get everything out of the engine as is uh, that's the big worry because it leaves them further behind when they actually you know get the car underneath them to, to do well and it, I mean, you know it's worth remembering that the the car was was pretty awful last season um in, in a lot of cases uh and they still st- scored quite a larger you know quite a volume of points they were ahead of quite a lot of teams in what a car that doesn't w- was you know you could see on track wasn't very drivable if the drivability is there and they can you know at least sort out the engine i think there's something there to look at in the future but will we get there that's the complete unknown uh, and that as you say is the worrying factor for for the team predictions on where you think McLaren will finish now I, you, like I say you don't have to say a, a place finish if you don't want to you can just say I think they will finish above this team or behind this team um, Sean where do you think McLaren will finish
2: hmm a tricky one definitely a, they will still be ahead of the server I think, I think that's pretty pretty straightforward as for the Haas and the Renault, they'll be mixing it with them. I'm not really sure if they're capable of... Um, I, I need to see more on track out of the Renault and the Haas to know if they're capable of being ahead of them. I think it'll be very close between the three of those teams without wanting to put my neck on the, the chopping block for which one will be the best of those three. I think it could go either way. But they will, they, sorry, oh, they'll sorry. just have finished. I was just going to say, they will definitely be behind Williams and Pursundia.
3: Okay. Nikki. Yeah, I'd agree with Sean. I think uh, somewhere between seventh and ninth, but I'd, I still think Salva will be be behind McLaren either way. Uh,
0: Daniel,
1: the engine. yeah. I think uh, I think they're going to finish about eighth. I think they're. I don't have high hopes for them this year.
0: Yeah, I'm. You know, uh, with my with my optimist hat on, I think that they um could well finish in front of Salva uh Renault and Toro Rosso but I do wonder if Haas might um unlike last season bring the consistency that they uh needed to, to finish this season that the second season will actually prove to be better for them uh and you know McLaren could very well struggle to um to to get ahead of Haas uh, if Haas can start well and maintain that pace uh, throughout the season. Uh very quickly then, uh, marks out of 10 for the Honda delivery. Uh Sean.
2: They get a 9 from me for having the boldness to mix it up and change it and go with a vibrant color of orange, but I'm docking them a point because I hate the black and I wanted to see a, the what like a white color in there. So I'm going to give them an an 8, but I'm just The the black and orange doesn't work for me. I need to be seeing a different colour than black there. But I'm still giving them an 8 for changing the boring library from last year. Okay.
1: Uh, Daniel? I'm going to give them a 9 for going retro back into the Bruce McLaren days. Mm -hmm. And because I can actually finally probably be able to see their
0: car in the night. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, this is entirely true. Uh, Nicky, out of 10 for McLaren?
3: I think I got between an 8 and half. (laughs)
0: I I kind of wish it was more
3: like the Sena Prost era. yeah. You know, I think that would be more exciting. But yeah, it's it's a nice livery, but it could have been better,
0: I think. Yeah, I think I think I'm with you on that one. That I I think I'd give it something like an like an eight, uh, or even a seven point five possibly because the it, the amount of black on there is a little bit disconcerting, um, you know, and and I and I think some of the the sw- the sort of stripes in the the curvature in the in the paint could have been emphasized a bit more i think it looks much nicer when it's when it when it's moving at, at speed i think the way that they've made the paint look and with, it, with the way that it's it's laid out looks very nice but it, it could have just been that that little bit better um you know if you if you've checked out uh, tim holmes design on twitter and seen some of his concepts for the orange mclaren you can just see how much more interesting it could have been realistically um so yeah so let's talk about then, uh, I think, be interesting to talk about Haas. Um, and we'll we'll let Daniel talk about Haas, obviously, as um, uh, our American guest on, on the show. Um, how do you feel Haas are going to do in their um, second season? Is, is it their sophomore season if it's their second year? I can never... Uh...
1: Sophomore season, yeah.
0: Okay. I, I knew there was a phrase, but I couldn't remember which one it was. Uh, so yeah, so the sophomore season for Haas, how are they going to go?
1: I'm going to be bold. I'm going to say that they're going to push to fourth. I know Whoa. I sound crazy, Whoa. but I think that the way they've been performing in testing and the fact that uh, Gutierrez is gone, I think we have a really good, strong chance. <laughs> because this is the fir- and I, I've, I've ranted about this for about three months now. Magnussen has been getting the crap end of the stick his entire race career, and I yeah. think this is the team that's actually given the most warm welcome. And I think he's going to drive like he's been given a warm welcome.
0: You have to say that I I think Grosjean and Magnussen as a pairing is actually a very strong midfield pairing. In fact, uh, you know, if you if you'd think about it, with McLaren and Toro Rosso and Haas, um, and to um, some extent Renault as well, that's some you know that's some very you know talented lineups for for the midfield teams. You know, there's not a lot of weak links in there, um, really. Uh, and I like the pairing of Magnussen and Grosjean. I think I think it's it's good for Haas going forward to have that kind of person. And I, and I think you're right that uh, as much as I kind of had a bit of a soft spot for Esteban Gutierrez, bless him, um, you know, he wasn't doing that team any favours. Uh, he was a garage diva. Yeah, he was a little bit, yeah, um, and, sli- and slightly unwarranted. Um, g- given what he managed to get out of the car, but you know that's what happens in Formula One. Sometimes you get opportunities and you get to take them, and sometimes you don't, as Kevin Magnussen will attest to. Um, so it's a big opportunity for him. You know he's up against a very ex- you know talented and experienced driver now in Raman It's So uh, you know could be could be interesting to see that inter team battle as well. Could be one of the, the more interesting ones on the grid. Uh, Sean, do, how do you feel about? Um, them good old boys has
2: very interesting to see what they can do. Um, you know, second season is is as we've alluded to, big big season for them. Um, you know, it's like uh, it's like when you get you know you get a promoted team in in football, you know the the second season is the tricky one, you know, because the the everybody would have been riding the high momentum last season if it started so well. The first season, everybody was you know just delighted to be there and, and, and running off of that whereas now it's like okay now now the real work begins kind of thing we will have to see what's actually under the under the bonnet you know what what have they got as in terms of a team can they develop the car can they can can they push on now from a from a very a very strong showing in their opening season so it's, it's going to be very interesting to see what they can do i think they will be fairly fairly competitive alongside the Renaults the Tauruses and the McLarens of the world i think they'll be in that bunch and they'll, all those teams will be able to beat each other on any given day and i think there might just be a little bit of a gap to to the force indias ahead of ahead of that that cluster so if, if the if you know if the i think 6th behind force india and williams would be a very strong season for Haas. i think that should be their aim whether they can achieve it or not, we'll see. I agree with you entirely when you say that the driver lineup is as strong as 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 anybody in that midfield. Uh, agree on the Magnussen comments. I think uh, I'm very pleased to see Magnussen retain his spot in F one. Surprised that Renault didn't fight more to keep him. So yeah, strong driver lineup. It just all comes down to whether they can uh can prove that they can develop a car throughout the season, which we've yet to see from them.
0: Uh, and very quickly, because I know uh, we're going to be losing uh, Daniel in a second uh, to prior commitments, but uh, Daniel, your thoughts on the Haas livery?
1: I like how they've done. They've, they're they the ones that have done the true gunmetal. Um, I mm-hmm. like what they've done with it. It's it, I'd say subtle changes, but I think it's just a good American showing, honestly.
0: A good American showing, I like it. I, I, like don't it.
1: To, I don't know how else to drive it, really.
0: Strong, silent, but...
1: It's a, it's a good southern
0: car. <laughs> love it, love it. Um, Sean, what are your thoughts on the Haas livery?
2: Mm, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I had a feeling that might possibly be the, <laughs> the opposite end of the scale.
2: Um, it's boring. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't really like the grey. Honestly, I'd actually forgotten it. When you, I knew the question was coming in advance there, and <laughs> I'm Googled. thinking, I, I literally <laughs> had to look up what it looked like. So, you know, it, it doesn't really excite me in any way. But hey ho. Uh,
0: Nikki, what do you make of the uh, grey and red?
2: It's
3: grown on me a little bit. When I first saw it, I thought, oh, grey again. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it looks better on track than it does in pictures.
0: Yes, I think, I think that I think that's fair. And I quite, uh, one thing I quite liked was the red hash logo on the grey side pod actually looks a lot nicer than the old uh, white on red um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a little sorry that there's quite so much grey on top but um, they've also done a lot with the shark fin so um, kudos for that that's not yeah, shark uh, fin's cool. uh, I
2: think it would be so easy for them to do like a nice like the Prost color that used to, in the early two thousands, like a a a royal the, navy, a navy blue kind the, of thing.
0: The problem you've got with that is that that's the Ligier Matra color, which yeah. is the racing color of France. So mm, it's a true. bit odd to have it on an American car. Um, I think what's is the the American what's the American racing colors? Is it um, is it white? I can't remember. I can't remember what the international no, racing colour is for the for the United States. Well, at the end of the day, it could have been worse. It could have been in, entirely the stars and stripes across the whole entire thing.
2: I'd prefer <laughs> I mean. that. I would but... 100% prefer that. <laughs> I think it's cool. I think.
1: <laughs> they can do that when they actually get some American drivers with talent.
0: Ah, yeah, that's that I suppose that's that that's probably the best time to wait for it, isn't it, to have the uh, <laughs> have the engine cover emblazoned with old glory when um, you've got somebody better than Scott Speed driving the car. um daniel i know you have to pop off now so um before you do do you want to just let the folks at home know where they can sort of find you on the interwebs if they're interested in following you on twitter etc
1: absolutely my twitter handle is dan mckinney tx dan mckinney texas um i'm always on twitter so come find me let's chat
0: (laughs) Well, thank you very much for coming on the show, Daniel. It's been really lovely to have you on uh, and to, to give an alternative viewpoint. Uh, and hopefully, if you're around for other points during the season, we'll we'll get you back on the show. Sounds great. Right then, lads. Moving swiftly on, as, as time is, is marching away from us, um, Toro Rosso, uh, I think universally agreed to be um, the prettiest car to come into 2017. But, love it. But Absolutely what, love it. But what does that mean for their actual ambitions <laughs> this season? Uh, Sean, how how well do you think that very lovely looking car will uh, will go?
2: I think they had a good season last year. That car was decent. I think if they can build on that, there's certainly something to work with there. Um The I hundred percent agree that it's the prettiest car. I fell in love with it as soon as I've seen it. The silver on the on the blue uh, absolutely works for me. The the speed of the car, I, I can't really off the top of my head remember how they did in testing. I think it was okay. I think they will struggle to finish ahead of Force India and Williams, but they'll they'll be in that midfield battle with the rest. The all these teams should be targeting sixth. Whichever team can finish sixth will be happy. Whether it's Haas, um, Renault, Toro Rosso, they should all be targeting sixth position for me. The only team that won't be happy with that is McLaren because they will obviously be wanting to have ambitions of going further further up the grid. Um, But those those guys, I think if any of those teams finish sixth, that'll be a good season. And I, I don't see why Tor Russell can't, can't target that. That should be a fair chat target for them. There's going to be some good midfield action in there. I think they'll, they'll all be there or thereabouts. Um, wouldn't like to put my head on the block and say which one will, will be the best. But I think I think it'll be a a pretty same semi season for Toro Rosso, but not necessarily a bad thing. They will they will fulfil their purpose of what they exist for, which is to be a solid midfield runner and a training ground for Red Bull, and they will do that to the best of their abilities.
0: Nicky, Kvyat and signs is a fairly strong um sort of driving driving lineup. Um, is there any more to come out of the Toro Rosso, or you know, should they just expect to um? you know, turn up at some races and do well and, and be pleased with that?
3: Well, yeah, I think they should consistently be scoring points. I think the driver situation there is quite interesting this year. You've got Carlos Sainz in his third season with Toro Rosso. He's not going to want to be sticking around there forever. Um, and it doesn't look like there's going to be any opportunity opening up at Red Bull anytime time soon. So, he needs to impress this year to, um, yeah, to to attract the attention of a top team, I guess. Um and then you've got Kvyat F- as well who had a difficult year last year um scored four points sort of um and you've got Pierre Gasly
2: waiting in the wings um anybody a bit surprised at some point? Bit surprised that they they kept this drive Kvyat
0: no i i don't think so i don't think gasly's ready for formula 1 uh, and not for the changing cars i think they're sensible to take somebody who has been driving uh, and has the formula 1 you know fitness and Um, experience to take over the car I think if he doesn't do a good showing though this could well be his last season Uh, it might well be his last season anyway because they very rarely take on a a driver for as long as they they have with Kvyat without wanting to move him up in the way that they did with Vettel Um, Mm -hmm. but if if if, if he can take it to signs and prove something then they'll want to keep him on and I think Gasly is going to be a bit of a casualty because I don't think they'll Chuck Kvyat if they think there's some, you know, some worth out of him especially if there's, you know, possibility that Ricardo is likely to be poached by Ferrari to replace Kimi at some point in the future. So um driver lineup wise I think they will look to hold on based on what happens elsewhere. Um and so Kvyat's best option is to do as well as he can this season against Sainz and try and book his place early on. Um,
2: yeah, I think that's fair. I think it'd be um yeah uh, i thought I, I did think that kiat would have moved on um but yeah i can't argue with your your reasoning for keeping him for this one more season so yeah fair enough
0: so uh liveries out of 10 um nikki gotta be a 10 hasn't
3: it yeah yeah so it is a 10 from me as well i it, love it
0: it's a 10 from me it's one of the prettiest cars that's that's um sort of dropped onto the scene in the last um Probably ten years, isn't it really? um, trying to think of the last really pretty car I could uh I could say I thought, oh, yeah, I really like that um like the old jaguar green quite like quite like <laughs> that, so that that shows you how long it's been since I've looked at a car and gone, oh, yeah, I like that one <laughs> um Renault next then um the in a, a lot of ways you could consider this their sophomore season you know in a way, this is their. Sure their first real return as an engine manufacturer, where they've built the hold of the car and it isn't Lotus's cast off. Um, but it's their first season with any real expectations and it's their first real season of major engine upgrades. Um, and it hasn't been plain sailing for the Renault boys, uh, up and down the grid. Although that at least shows you that it takes three different cars to have about the same number of problems as the McLaren has. Um, <laughs> But that's still a little bit of a worry, especially if you're a top team like Red Bull who needs to maximise their points across the season. Uh, and Renault, I think, are in the same position because they'll need to maximise their points against the teams around them. In, you know, A bit like those the, the six-pointer games you get in football, most races are going to be six-pointer races for Renault in that any time that they can finish ahead of teams around them um, is vital to them staying further up the table because I have a feeling that they are not going to be as competitive as they hope that they will be, um, which is going to be a bit of a shame for their new driver lineup. Sean, what do you make of Hulkenberg and Palmer as a pairing?
2: Uh, I think Julian, I like him, I do like Julian, but I think he's lucky to keep his job a little bit. Uh, you know, a bit of improved performance towards the back end of last season for sure, but, you know, when I think of some of the guys over the last few years that haven't managed to retain drives. People have been cut for less, really, is is what I would say. Or for people who have performed better than Julian have been have been cut, you know, is what I'm trying to say. So, he, but you know, he he did improve and he improved as the season went on. So we'll give him we'll give him a chance. I think Holkenberg's a great signing for them. Um, like I said, when we were chatting about Force India. I think that's that's definitely a loss for Force India, and a bit of a a coup for for you know um for Renault looking to to progress up the grid, which is. Ultimately, are gonna have to be their ambition, given the amount of sort of resources they're putting in. So, yeah, um, good driver lineup. Not uh, possibly not as good as as the Haas overall. Um, I think Hulkenberg's the best driver of the four, but I think um, Palmer's possibly the weakest. So, it possibly balances out. They'll be battling right in there with the Haas's and and the McLarens and the like. So. Big season for them. I agree with most of what you said. They'll um, need to see some improvement this year at the Renault. We gave them last year as a pass. Said it a few times last year. You know they could essentially do whatever they wanted last year, knowing that it was all going to be on future development this year. So now, now we need to see some results.
0: Uh, Nikki, do you feel that you know Renault have built a solid car with a you know a passable engine that could you know really move them up from where they were sort of languishing last season of, of you know sort of skirting ahead of the salvers and manners
3: yeah i think the potential's there i think um they've got a better designed car this year than last year when they just took out a mercedes engine and smashed a Renault in the back of it <laughs> um, but, works well <laughs> but yeah it'll be interesting to see how they fare this year they've
2: set the sights on fifth i'm not entirely sure that's Yes, that's, that, that, that is an unreasonable target as far as I'm concerned <laughs> as I've said already 6th place would be a, a brilliant season for Renault I think yeah. and I yeah. don't personally I, I don't think they will achieve that but that should, that, that should be their target, that's a realistic target
0: the reserve driver at um, Renault this season is Sergei Sorokin who impressed massively against Pierre Gasly in GP2 last season um, do we feel that that is Palmer's sort of biggest worry in the team that they've got an incredibly hungry, incredibly talented rookie on the books waiting to take over at the slightest slip. Uh, and that he may have, you know, he may have lucked into this kind of drive on the fact that, uh, that, uh, Magnussen obviously fell out so spectacularly with, um, Cyril, um,
2: I think maybe it'll be more of a pressure for Julian if Nico turns up and starts hammering him every week. So if Hulkenberg starts giving him a real doing, then A, that's pressure on Julian because you have to be competing with your teammate, but also it'll allow the Renault to say, well, we've got an experienced guy doing the business for us so we can take a chance on putting someone like Sorofkin in the car who doesn't have experience, knowing that they have that experience in Nico. So if Nico comes in and starts doing a cracking job, then the pressure's going to just mount and mount on Julian. So you know, time will tell on that one whether he can he can compete with Hulkenberg. If uh, but at the same time, it, it could work in Julian's favor because if he can compete with Hulkenberg, then that's a top name that he's you know he's battling toe to toe with So that 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 will reflect goodly on him. So you know, interesting interesting time for Julian. We will see. Um. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Nicky, do you reckon that? Actually, it's not the engine or the car that could be uh, Renault's uh, biggest weakness. It might be the um, people running the show. Um, oh. It's been turbulent times in the the back of the Renault garage in yeah, uh, old, power struggles and what have you.
3: Old Fred's out, isn't he? Um think <laughs> Vasseur, um, which is one of the reasons why Nico joined the team, isn't it? Because uh, Vasseur used to run the ART GP two team, which. He and Julian won the title, with, I think. Um, so that was one of the draws to the Renault that Nico had, and now he's gone. So mm-hmm. it's not the best of starts, but yeah, there's obvious problems with the management of that team, isn't there? They're always saying what they're going to do in the future without really having too much. It does focus on the present.
0: Yeah, that that's that is my biggest because I like the Renault team, you know. Um. We got a bit of a soft spot from them from back in the old sort of Alonso days in the and and we'll get deliveries in a second um, uh, and all that sort of stuff. So I, I uh, and obviously with Carly being one of our um, favourite fans, we have got a soft spot for them there. So I, I want them to do better. You know, I'm I'm happy for them to to improve and get back and 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 be racing. But it feels like half of the problems that they've got are slightly self-inflicted
2: yeah definitely yeah can't argue with
0: that um something that they did inflict themselves on was uh, a big change to their livery um what's everybody making of that um sean
2: uh, it's like the mclaren i don't like the black one a little bit uh can we put just a blanket ban on black in your livery please like it's just <laughs> a, why, why would you want to have a black livery i just don't understand that um yeah. So yeah, not not really a fan. Few few shots going around online of you know like the, the, the what it could have been. You know, people like uh, is it Tim Tim, Tim Holmes? Homan, yeah. He some of his stuff and a few other ones that I've seen that were were all just much nicer. Um, someone had swapped the the black for uh, like the navy blue, almost from back mm-hmm. in the back in the Alonso days. Things like that would have been so much nicer. So they get points for trying and going with a bit of colour, but it's like you've tried, but you've just not done it right kind yeah. of thing. So it's frustrating as a fan. <laughs> so it's like so nearly yet so far kind of thing. Uh, so not, not, not a lover of it, but, you know, l- lover of what it could potentially be with just a little tweak.
0: Nicky, what are you making of the uh, yellow and black attack?
2: I, I do like it. I said so... But it could be
3: so much better, you know? Yeah. If it was blue instead of black, then, yeah. But it, I don't know. I think I prefer this year's delivery to last year's in some way. Yes.
0: I, I'm
3: think so. I, glad I you last said year. that. I think I
2: prefer
0: last year. Oh, right, really? So, so I, yeah. I do prefer this year, but I'm, along with both of you, I just feel the big expanse of black is a wasted opportunity. Um, it's really funny because I used to think that one of the worst-looking Renaults was the... um white and orange ing one that they ran for about a season and a half yeah. um but i would kind of preferred that than this because i think it's 50 percent good and 50 percent bad whereas at least the white and orange ing one was kind of interesting to look at even if you were like kind of like i don't really know what i'm of that um you know that that yellow could have been surging across the engine cover in ways and and flowing down the lines of it without doing anything to the aesthetics or changing how the sponsorship would have gone potentially. That kind of like here is the front bit, it is yellow. Here is the back bit, it is black. Thank you very much. It's just <laughs> like uh, could have been, as you say, could have been just so much more.
2: Yep, agreed. And. Great. Bring back the blue and yellow for me. Yeah. years. That's what they really should be doing. Or, or,
0: or something. Do you know what I mean? Any, anything with just a little few more dashes of stuff in. I know yellow is supposed to be the Renault corporate color, but it doesn't do anything to me. And they are the only French reeled French team. So using the Ligier blue, you know, the Matra French blue would be fine. Would yeah. be Brilliant. I'd love to see it mostly blue like that with touches and bits and pieces. Um, I'd be brilliant. We would love it. But I don't think we're ever going to get past Yellowman black being corporately Renault, sadly.
2: So where uh, do you think they'll come ultimately then?
0: Uh, I worry that, um, you know, it's difficult for me to say because McLaren could have a much worse season than than, than Renault and I'm not shying away from that. But I, I worry that they may not have moved on as much as they, they hoped once everybody shakes it down and it gets on you know on track um you know i hope they are dosing i hope that this midfield um, sort of quartet that we're talking about brings us all the beautiful racing that we want to see this season which may not be happening up front and i think it could be really exciting so on that basis i really hope that they um they, they come with a car that's capable of competing for you know for points finishes but i worry that they might um they might not have the complete package yet to really do that after a you know it's the first car iteration that they've done whereas the McLaren have you know multiple car iterations they're just waiting on the engine so it's the balance between those sort of things I think there's there were more things for Renault to work on than there were for McLaren um, and we'll see ultimately which of those two teams probably has um, developed more of the solutions to those problems best Nicky where do you think do you think Renault uh, have got?
3: Finished 9th last year didn't they? I think possibly Seventh uh, uh, push. I th- it definitely depends on McLaren and Haas.
0: It's I that s- that sort of sixth to ninth placing, yeah, isn't it? It's, it's really difficult often. to predict. It's, it could yeah. go
2: either way between any of the teams, you know. So they could easily be ahead of Toro Rosso and Haas, or they could easily be behind them. Ultimately, depending on how they just what can it what they can do throughout the season. So. I think it will be very close, and like you say, hopefully it does give us something, something interesting down there.
0: So finally, we roll on to uh, poor old Salva Sauber. um, Salvalus. Now, Peter Lauber, uh, Peter Lauber, uh, <laughs> Nicky Lauber, Nikki <and> Lauber, Peter <laughs> Lauber. No, uh, Peter Sauber has gone, so the team bears his name, but not him really anymore uh owned by uh, I also want to call them Strongbow but it isn't Strongbow I think it's Longbow Holdings or <laughs> whatever it is who uh, basically own Marcus Ericsson's soul so uh, <laughs> he's not going to be short of a drive for the next couple of seasons um the monumental decision to choose to run last year's engine because it's cheaper uh baffles me intensely um I understood why Toro Rosso had to run last year's engine last season because they didn't have a choice. They had to go, Ferrari, please give us something, please, please, please. Uh, and Ferrari said, well, we've got, we've got a load of stuff sat in some boxes in the back. Make of it what you will. And Toro Rosso did a, a fairly manful job all season with an engine that was massively down on everything else. And all testing seems to have shown to me is that last year's engine is nice and reliable. It is just It's not even as powerful as the McLaren. And like, how worrying is that, realistically?
3: They've got, they've got the money now. So why can't they put a, <laughs> put a current engine in? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Up the field. Yeah. What are they playing at? It, I should own that team. I
2: it's think... a little bit, it's a little bit embarrassing actually, because yeah. it's like, why, why are you even bothering to compete? It'd be like,
0: like when you think about it, there's a Mercedes engine going spare now that mana have folded. Like, really? You you were pretty much worse than Mana most of the season, most of last season. In reality, you only you fluked that points finish to uh, to finish ahead of them, which you didn't deserve. So why on earth do you did you think that? Yeah, we're in such a strong position, we don't even have to get a new engine in this car. We're just gonna leave it exactly like last season, tweak it
3: a it, bit. Is that the point? The point is that they think they can. Compete with anyone ahead of them, so they're just having a
2: year of being
3: Maybe. at the back.
0: <laughs> I don't
3: know. That's don't such a the mentality
2: dire it. way to look at things.
0: Yeah, I mean, it just, oh, but it's that's so defeatist, isn't it? You know, yeah. and it makes you even more annoyed that nobody went along and, and picked up mana doesn't it? Because that team seems, it feels like that team worked ten times h- harder than Salbert have done for the last like three seasons, Uh and then they got shafted. You know. Uh, I'd much rather at this point have seen Mana stay on and Sauber go out, which is really sad because I would, I don't, you know, I don't want to see teams fold, and a team like Sauber that's had a long, you know, is long associated with the sport. I don't want to see them go, but the ambition of Mana compared to Sauber to me seems irreconcilable with one of those teams not being in Formula One, and it's the team that worked harder and grafted harder.
2: I'm not even sure who their second driver is. Who is it?
0: Uh, it's Verline, because he had nowhere oh, else yeah. to go.
2: Of course, yeah. Poor Verline. <laughs> Poor Pascal.
0: Interestingly, Salba don't have a test driver yet, so amazingly, they haven't promised a seat to five or six <laughs> different people. <laughs>
2: What do you make of their livery then? Because I think we're all in agreement that they're going to be blasted on the grid pretty comfortably. So yeah, you know, we know performance-wise where they're going to be. What about their livery?
0: I think it's that's a, a little bit of a shame because I quite like the new livery. Although it makes me think that they should be, they should definitely be sponsored by a cigarette manufacturer. Yeah, like,
2: one hundred percent. Like, like, like silk dispense, cut or you know, somebody like, like that. That's what that, that black and gold is just pure cigarette. Yeah,
0: so, and the sort of royal purpley bluey sort of color, I, it's just like. Yeah, I can see that being, you know, Mayfair or something. Do you know what I mean? It's definitely yeah. got a, a tobacco thing written on it, or, or or some, or, or alcohol sponsorship possibly again, maybe. You know, um,
2: the it, white the white side pod paneling is is clear. It's empty in the picture. That I can see anyway. as if they're still looking for sponsor to fill it, perhaps. Well,
0: yeah, I think that will be um, Salva's continued um,
2: Contin- continued battle. Yeah.
0: Uh, you know, at, at least, you know, with McLaren, at least they've got some clout and Honda are paying for large portions of, of running the team. You know, nobody, nobody is doing that for, uh, uh, for Sauber. Um, oh, no, wait a minute. Sorry, I, I apologize. I, di- I said that they did have, uh, they didn't have a reserve driver. I think they have, haven't they? Haven't they um, Haven't they signed a, a female driver? I oh, know no, that's yeah. the development um, driver, isn't it? Sorry. Tatiana somebody Calderon Calderon yeah. um, that's another weird thing isn't it it's like like Claire Williams uh, not Claire Williams sorry Susie Wolf. <laughs> Claire Williams runs the team she doesn't drive the car <laughs> it's like Susie Wolfe Williams was like their reserve driver and then they needed a reserve driver and yeah. then they went Susie Wolfe isn't our reserve driver and it's like Tatiana Calderon is our development driver but she's not our reserve driver so yeah, in terms it, of you I- ever seeing her on a race weekend Oh, Neil.
2: It's PR. Like, yeah. It is. It's just PR. And it's, just, it's a shame to say it, you know, because obviously we're all for, you know, if if, if these people are fast enough and good enough, then, then get them in the car. But these teams, it's it's pure PR and it's pure sponsorship for them, whether they yeah. come out and admit that or they don't. Uh, it was clear with Susie, you know, she she Total was involved at Williams. You know, there was all that going on. And like in the second, there was an opening in the in the car, like you say, they completely shunted her sideways and put in like I can't even remember who, but some was it. They uh, didn't put some, anyone in, did they?
0: No, Bottas managed to come back in enough time for them. Not is right. that right. But, was? Was, but they, they the the uh-huh. talk was that they were going to steal Verline, weren't they, from Manor, and that yeah, and it was so going to the... be Verline was going to actually take the seat, and then you were like, oh, well, <laughs> who are these people that you have on your books as a reserve driver? Yeah, exactly, doesn't make any sense. Um,
2: it's like there's that blonde girl, um, oh Carmen Jordan who's Carmen, yeah. who's
0: never, uh, as far as I can see, has never, never seen, seen her the, in a car. Never seen her in a car. Uh, you yep. see her in the garage, looking, you know, very pretty. Um, but that f- that's the worst thing about that is that every time I say that, I feel like I'm being sexist. But <laughs> I- I'm not trying to say like, oh, you know, the only thing that she's worth is how good she looks. But if, if Renault aren't going to put her on the car, there's nothing else to judge her on. You can only say that she's there as 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 a pr exercise verona to say look we've got a female development driver uh and by the way she sells a lot of calendars um and that's that's really unfair because as far as you know Carmen, Carmen jordan might be a great driver but it doesn't look like they're ever going to put her in the car so again i see what's the point what's the point pretending she's a development driver if she is not going to be developed be honest about it i think you know that's That's what I'm saying. but There's got to be plenty of girls who really want the opportunity to to drive uh, and have put in the the graft, and you can see what they're doing in all the other formula. Um, But they seem to be being, you know, they're just not coming through, and we're seeing people with questionable uh, race records popping up in these roles. And I don't think that does the sport any good. You know, we're, we're, it's still a sport with grid girls in it, which I think feels, like, incredibly anachronistic at the moment. Um, and then to not feel like the sport is really kind of very active encouraging. Um, I, I don't know if any of you guys have read the piece. There was a blogger who put up her experience of being a female race uh, attendee. So just going to see it and how she kind of felt that, that wherever she go she goes, she's kind of questioned to see whether she's a real fan because she's a woman. Uh or, or other bits and pieces. And, and it feels like we should be that, like a very far away from that by now. We we shouldn't be still be talking about those issues, you know, um, but like a lot of sport, I guess F1 isn't immune to this, to the, to the boys club mentality. And at the end of the day, I, can you see a reason why a woman couldn't be a great Formula One driver?
3: Absolutely not. I think, um, yeah, I think if anyone's good enough, then anyone's good enough, aren't they?
0: You, you, you know, you'd hope uh, that was the case. And I, and I think that's certainly improving somewhat. But we, we've got a long way to go, I think, on, on, on that side of stuff. But uh, going back to Sauber, do does anybody see them not dragging the back of the grid all season apart from when McLaren break down?
2: No, they'll be struggling to get a point, probably.
3: Yeah, I d do, I don't see them getting out of Q one very much this year, somehow.
2: No, they'll be they'll be the they'll be the back 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 row every week, so
0: Righty ho. Well that I think pretty much covers us for the show. We've been going for a little bit longer than I'd uh, anticipated. Uh so this is gonna be a long one, but the the season previews tend to be. Um Nikki let the nice people at home know where they can read your excellent uh, articles and thoughts and twitterings and snapchattings if you have such a thing or
3: uh wow well, it's on lighttopblog.com. up well, it's there when it's not been hacked by an indonesian what's <laughs> that
0: um, so... it. i told you get ask him it.
3: i did i did still got through i think uh, oh. i think there were still some files on the system anyway um yeah, LightOutBlog.com. I've got some exciting things happening this year um, oop, oop. with regards to articles um, that I'm excited about. And on Twitter, it's lightsoutf1blog, um, which hasn't been hacked yet. So that's good.
0: <laughs> that's not a challenge, by the way, listeners. If you're <laughs> if you're ever out there, please don't try and hack our guests. That's uh, that's not what we invite them on the show for. <laughs> um, Sean. Where are people finding you these days? Have you changed that uh, ridiculous Twitter handle yet? Or
2: no, I'm at Firebolt Willow. <laughs> come and come and join me. Uh, I don't talk about F1 as much on Twitter. Uh, it's mostly it's mostly other things. But yeah, come along. Have a, we'll have a we'll have a chat.
0: Uh, and you know, plugs plugs for the podcast. Well, we're uh, at Last Lap Podcast on Twitter. We are, uh, you can find us, our home on the web is www.lastlappodcast.co.uk. Uh, all episodes are always available down to download from there or stream from the site. We are on iTunes, we are on TuneIn and we are also on Stitcher. Uh, so there's no reason at all that you can't get us on your mobile device or tablet or, um, I don't know, ancient stone monolith, uh, whatever you're, you're tuning into the uh, <laughs> the, the band waves off to, to download a Formula 1 podcast, we're, we're pretty much out there. Um, Basically, there's no excuse. Yeah, I'd, <laughs> that's what I like to see. um You know, we, we've got dedicated fans out there trying to make our podcast their phone ringtone, so uh, <laughs> um there is no excuse for anybody to not... Wait, you
2: guys don't podcast. have it as your phone ringtone already? Uh,
0: <laughs> I have it as my text tone. Uh, <laughs> uh, no. No. Uh, yeah, so that, that's where to find us. Uh, we will be cracking into things in 12 days, is it now? From when we're recording this? Yep. To to the start of the Australian Grand Prix. Um to... brilliant.
2: I'm, <laughs> so, I'm so excited. I can't wait. I'm <laughs> really, really excited.
0: Um, just to give everybody a heads up, our, our schedule is that we don't have a schedule. Uh, we record a podcast sometime after the Grand Prix. Sometimes that's a day or two. Sometimes that's a week later. Occasionally, that's actually after the next Grand Prix and we do two in one go. Uh, it all depends on how busy we are. Uh, we are just a, a group of little guys trying to do our best out there. So uh, bear with us if we're not exactly filling you up a, the first thing on a Monday morning after a, a, an episode. But it's well worth subscribing to us to find us when we do. Um, so... From the Last Lap Podcast, from Nicky Holdenby, from Daniel Hall, thank you very much for listening to us. Uh, We look forward to seeing you again during the Formula 1 season. Uh, And for now, 2017, you are go, go, go. Goodbye.